the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, Radio Misfits, awesome network. So happy to be a part of the Radio Misfits. Check out radiomisfits.com. Um, and please, uh, we are our podcast is available everywhere. And obviously, if you're listening to it right now, you understand that. And uh, you should subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word. And when you do check us out on every platform and at radiomisfits.com, please take the time to give us feedback, rate, and review us on every platform. Rate, review us, give us feedback. And that feedback is uh, important uh, to, to, to me and to all of us that are involved in putting this thing together um, twice a week. And uh, if you want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast, we want to hear from you. Questions, comments, uh, feedback, anything, anything you're feeling, anything you want to share with us. We love to get feedback from our subscribers and listeners. And you can do that a couple of ways. Voicemail message, 773-417-6948. Leave your voicemail message right now. Uh, listen to all of them. We play some of them back on the podcast as well. So please know that we want to hear from you. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948, or drop us an email. We get tons of emails as well. Love to read all of those and share many of those on the podcast. Email us anytime you want at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, my main man who does all the themes and the music uh, and all that cool stuff. And also you can be a sponsor on our podcast as well. Uh, if you want to advertise on the Nick D podcast, you're going to reach a lot of people. Lots of people listen to this podcast, and it would be very cool. For uh, We would love to have you as part of it, love to have you as a sponsor or an advertiser. And in order to do that, you contact us at sales at radiomisfits.com. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Be a part of the podcast. Be a sponsor. Lots of people will hear that. So uh, sales at radiomisfits.com. Those are the ways to get a hold of us and be a part of uh, the podcast. Today on the podcast, uh, Jim Ryan, my old buddy, um, uh, who is a terrific uh, writer of music, reviews concerts, does interviews, all kinds of really cool stuff. He writes for Forbes. He writes for the Daily Herald. He writes a blog for Chicago Now. RadioJimRyan.com is his website, and we are going to talk about concerts that he's seen recently, one of which I was at. Uh, We weren't together, but we were there in the same place. And we'll talk about music in general and so many of the really cool interviews and profiles and articles and reviews that he's written. Music, music, music. That's what we're going to be talking about with my buddy Jim Ryan. And then, of course, Esmeralda Leon joins us. Uh, We love to hang out together every single podcast. She's the best. She's going to be joining me to talk about celebrity high school buddies. Ooh, maybe you didn't know it, but some of these celebs went to school together. You know, and uh, we're going to talk about high school, high school memories and stuff like that. We got a few more of the uh, scared shitless uh, um, facts from the book. Are you shitting me? One thousand and four facts that will scare the crap out of you. And uh, our taste test for the candy stuff is running, uh, running to the end here. We've only got a couple of things left. So we're going to taste test some uh, Swinkles Salsa Getty. Salsa Getty. It's shaped like spaghetti. 
but apparently it tastes like salsa. All right, so that weirdness is going to uh, continue as well. Uh, lots of exciting stuff um, uh, happening here uh, in addition to this woman. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I do want to mention, uh, I want all of you who are listening to this right now to come out to the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention. We will be recording our first live uh, on the on the spot um, uh, episode of the Nick D podcast. So we're going to be there live on stage. Uh, I, I met my, 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 my buddy and my boss, Ed from the, uh, radio misfits. Uh, he had a, a giant banner made up for us with, uh, my logo, the logo for the Nick D podcast. We're going to be having that hang hung up on stage. Esmeralda and I will be up there hosting the podcast together. Um, uh, the flashback weekend horror convention is run by Mike Kurz and Mia Kurz, an incredible married couple who also run the Fabulous Midway Drive-In in Dixon, Illinois. They love keeping the old school movie experience, drive-in experience alive. They are uh, the best uh, people in the world uh, to keep the world of film alive and doing it beautifully. And they love horror movies. And I've known Mike and Mia for many, many, many years. And I've been a part of the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention for 20 years. And in fact, this year... We will be celebrating Flashback Weekend's Horror Convention 20th anniversary, and it's going to be a big, big party. There are a ton of amazing celebrity guests that are going to be there throughout the weekend. Uh, Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England is going to be there. Robert Carradine is going to be there. Uh, Heather Langdenkamp, a bunch of other uh, great cast members from the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, the girls from Night of the Comet, the actresses from Night of the Comet are going to be there. Uh, 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 Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure is uh, going to be there. Um, and so many others. PJ Souls from Halloween um, is going to be there. And some of these uh, folks are going to be on, uh, on, my, uh, on my podcast in the coming uh, weeks um, to, to get ready for the, uh, for the event itself. And um, uh, the event itself is August 5th through the 7th. And you can check out flashbackweekend.com, flashbackweekend.com, and get your tickets. They're going really fast. Lots of great events, lots of great celebrations, film screenings, some of which I will host, celebrity Q&As, many of which I will moderate. I am a host there. I'm there all weekend along with amazing guests and really cool events celebrating the world of film and horror. Um, It is an incredible event. It's the best horror film um, convention in the country, and we are lucky enough to have it right here. It'll be at the O'Hare, uh, the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, August 5th through the 7th. Sven Gulli, my main man Sven Gulli, the very first guest ever on this podcast is going to be there. Um, and uh, we are doing a live podcast from there. We don't know the, the exact date and time yet. It's probably going to be on Saturday the 6th. But um, the event itself is between August 5th and August 7th. And uh, Esmeralda and I will be hosting a live podcast there, and we're going to get some of the guests that will be there. We don't know who's going to stop by. Lots of really big stars and actors and actresses and writers and directors are going to be there, um, and they might stop by and say hello. Uh, Steve Procopi, uh, the guy that you hear reviewing movies with me and Eric on um, every every other week, he's also one of the moderators there and has been for many years, and he might stop by. So you never know who's going to stop by, and we want you to be there. We want you to be in the audience. We're going to have a mic set up in the audience because we're probably going to do a Q&A with the, with, uh, with the audience to come in and talk. So if you're a subscriber, you're a fan, you love the podcast, you love me and Esmeralda, well, you can see it live. We're going to be there live, and we want you to be there. We want our audience to be huge. We want the Nick D podcast uh, fans to represent 
at the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention and fill that big uh, convention room, that big ballroom at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare um, with big fans. It's going to be great. So get your tickets now. Flashbackweekend.com. Flashbackweekend.com. It's the Flashback Horror Convention, and uh, we want you to come out and check us out and be a part of the live recording, the first time ever, the live recording of the Nick D podcast. So make sure you check that out. It's going to be great. Flashbackweekend.com, August 5th through the 7th, just a, you know, about a month away. So get those tickets now, show up, and be a part of the live broadcast. As we get closer to the date and we nail down the exact day and time, it's probably going to be on that Saturday, sometime during that day. But we'll let you know the exact time. But get your tickets anyway because it's going to be a great event and uh, celebrating 20 years of the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention. I couldn't be uh, more proud to be associated uh, with it. And lots of great events. We're doing some, some great Nick D uh, fan events as well. Uh, Q&As and meet and greets and you know all that kind of cool stuff. So I'll be out there and all my fans will be treated like, like kings and queens. So please, I am inviting you to show up en masse. The Nick D Podcast fans, subscribers, get out there. Lots of events associated with me and the podcast. A live uh, recording of the podcast and great special surprise horror uh, celebrities. So anyway, flashbackweekend.com, August 5th through the 7th, Hyatt Regency O'Hare. I expect everyone to join Hi, us. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's Ooh, show. She won't be, but maybe she might. You never know. All right. Jim Ryan, music writer, music critic, joining me after I say congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jaggle. Oh, we have a treat for you. Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion. Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big bowl of Jim Ryan down your ear hole. Jim Ryan. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Have you ever met a man named Jim? Last name, Ryan. Or last name, Ryan. First name, Jim. Well, this particular one, well, he writes concert reviews. Interviews musicians in golf fancy shoes. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to say. From the fantastic mind of Jason Skaggs, uh, that is the Jim Ryan theme. And uh, I don't know if you can tell, but uh, Jim Ryan is the guest. Uh, his name is only mentioned 1,700 times in the 40 <laughs> seconds of that, of that theme. Jim, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, sir. And uh, how, you, you still enjoy your, uh, your theme song there? Would it be would it be strange or conceited if I put that on my phone and then set it as my alarm every morning? Said every morning, that's the first thing I hear. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I really then it's, don't. Then that's what's happening. Then okay. that's done. 
Uh, welcome back. Uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, Jim writes for Forbes. He writes for the Daily Herald, Chicago Now. His website is RadioJimRyan.com, where you can get all your needs, writing about music, doing interviews with uh, famous musicians and songwriters and all that kind of stuff, and covering the music world and concerts all over the place. And we love to have Jim on uh, to talk about uh, music, concerts, and everything else that we need to catch up on. Now, before we begin the, um, the, the interview uh, you know, proper, uh, you live near a Metra train <laughs> station. I live near a, uh, also live near a metro train station, but also a blue line <clears throat> station. Um, but for some reason, there's been a lot of noise and a lot of uh, construction happening in your area. So we <laughs> wanted to let everybody know that at some point we may hear some trains going by you and some horns and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, the commuter train's usually a little bit quieter, um, but they're building a new station up the street, so the workers are on the track. So every time it comes through, it's taking the liberty of blowing the horn uh, repeatedly right. to assert its authority. So yeah, it's lovely, and you'll probably hear it. You're welcome in advance. Okay, so uh, we're letting you know that it's, it is not. You are not <laughs> going to have to jump on to go to Hogwarts at any time. Yeah, and uh, there's not a train headed toward like your front window. No. Okay, good. So just we want yeah. people to just f- make sure that Jim knows that we know that Jim is safe. Uh, you were recording a uh, uh, you were recording an interview with the one and only Brian May. I was. Um, who obviously the legendary guitarist, co-founder of Queen. Um, who, um, as an aside, I will never forgive for, for okaying Bohemian Rhapsody as a movie. Sorry, um, but you were interviewing him um, and. Uh, you had a little train issue. Tell me, tell me, tell me, and everybody the story about what happened while you were interviewing the legendary Brian May. So this whole thing was amazing. So when more because of the pandemic, more and more of these interviews started becoming via Zoom instead of just over the phone, which is which is one cool thing. I'll actually take that to look at Brian May as, as we're speaking is, is lovely. But when it's via Zoom, the publicists always ask me to send them a link to the zoom conversation that they can forward along. They never do it. They, for whatever reason, they have me do it and then they pass it along. So I send welcome. Welcome to my world, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, can I I just tell you, by the way, Jim, can I just tell you what a nightmare it was uh, to uh, initially try to hook up with and link up with Suzanne Vega? What a, unbelievable, like my, my, the love of my life. I was just going to say that of all people, Oh my God, was it insane? It was like this publicist said this, this manager said that, send this here, send that there. Oh yeah. And then finally Suzanne was just like, just send it to me personally. Yeah. You know, like uh-huh. we get, it, got, it got to that point. It's, and it's then, too many cooks in the kitchen. It's every ridiculous. Time. But yeah, and I understand that's their job. You know what I mean? She's got her people. And she's Suzanne Vega. She's, you know, yeah. incredibly famous. And and I understand that. But it got to the point where she was getting pissed. Like on her end, she's like, look, just tell him to send it directly to this email and then like okay and then then you know we had sound issues and stuff like that and then finally it literally took like 45 minutes to finally get it so that we could talk and do the interview and i only had her for an hour and 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 i was like god damn it you know like oh you know i mean this is like one of the most you know anticipated interviews of my entire career jim right like this is a woman that i worship whose music means the world to me you know what i mean and all this shit happens, and she stayed the extra 45. We did an hour. We did almost an hour. That's it was, awesome. Yeah, she was like, well, it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't, obviously it wasn't Was it your fault? fault? Yeah. No, but it, I have to say this, Jim. You ever do this? You ever, like, have somebody on the other end and then go, like, when you had Brian May on the other end, did you go, man, that's Brian May? 
You know what I mean? Yes. And, and another one recently where I had it was Julie Bowen. Julie oh. Bowen. I'm staring at Julie Bowen on a Zoom call going, are you yeah. kidding me? Well, Suzanne, Suzanne and I were not, we didn't have the, we just had audio. Um, like you and I right now, we're, we're, we're doing it. We don't see each other right now. Um, but like, it was weird because at one point I, t- I told her to switch out her mic because the sound wasn't good. And so I was like, can you switch out your mic or maybe do, get something else? And she's like, yeah, hold on a second. And like she put the phone down and I heard her walking. And I was like, man, that's, I'm listening to Suzanne Vega in her apartment. And yep. then I heard a cat go, meow. And I was like, that's Suzanne Vega's cat. And I geeked out. I was like, I totally geeked out. And then after the interview, when we were done recording, I was like, listen, I just want you to know I freaked out when I heard you walking through your apartment and your cat. And she just laughed her ass off because I'm a dork. And then the restraining order arrived. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes, the problematic issues of connecting with people. But anyway, right. so you get Brian, you get Brian, uh, uh, Brian May, and so finally I send... that shit all with all, with the publicists <laughs> and all that stuff is finally over. So here we go. So when you you know this, when you send these things out, I always try to be on the call five or ten minutes early so that they're yep. not the first person on, right? So like. 25 minutes before it's supposed to start, I all of a sudden get an email, a text alert that Brian May has joined your Zoom call. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I got to <laughs> I got to put down everything and jump on this Zoom call because yeah, Brian yeah. May is early. Yeah. You know, who yeah. no no rock stars ever early, but Brian May is early. So I jump on the Zoom call and the video feed kicks in and it's Brian May sitting in his kitchen eating a bowl of cereal. Amazing. <laughs> and Amazing. I'm like <laughs> And I'm like, hi, Brian. You know, how are you? And he's like, oh, he, like he, he pauses for a sec to, to swallow this, the, the cereal he's eating. He's like, I'm doing you know, good. Thanks so much. And I go, do you need a couple of minutes? They said, you know, we're, we're early. And he goes, yeah, you know, maybe. Uh, he goes, why don't, uh, you know, how about I turn the video off and I just I just holler when I'm done with breakfast. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Here, let's do that. So then I'm just sitting there and he turns the video off, but the audio's never off. So I can hear him talking to his housekeeper yeah. as he's eating yep. his breakfast. The whole yep. thing's on tape too. Yep. And finally, he, cool. you know, Jim, Jim, I'm ready. Are you there? And I go, I said, yeah. I said, I'm all set. And he goes, where are you at? And I said, I'm in Chicago. And he goes, oh, so not far from Aurora, I reckon. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I grew up as the biggest Wayne's World fan, Nick. I'm like, now Brian May is looking at me dropping Wayne's World jokes. I'm like, holy crap. pretty funny, man. Oh, God. All right. But then now, as we we warned my audience (laughs) during this conversation that you and I are having, there may be a metra interruption of noise at Mm -hmm. some point. So this happened while you were talking with Brian May as he finished his. I like to think it's, luck, it's about lucky to charm. Right I like now because I could hear, I could oh. see the window rattling. It's okay. All right. Oh, they didn't blast the horn. That was an easy one. Okay, but right. so Brian and I start talking, and the first question, I could hear the train coming. And when this happens, when I'm doing these, if it almost always happens while the artist is talking, they're obviously speaking longer, of and course. I hear it coming, and I can just mute. And they never even notice it. But in this particular moment, I'm asking him my first question, and that train's coming through, and I have no choice. And I try to stop and explain to him it's about to get loud because the train's coming. He's like, what? At this point, the train is drowning me out, and he finally just goes, Jim, are you okay? It sounds like you're under attack. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, and again, we're on Zoom, so we're staring right at each other. And that's my my Suzanne Vega moment where I'm like, 
That's a Brian Jim, are you okay? It sounds like you're under attack. <laughs> Brian May said that to you. Yes, he's making fun of me. That is amazing. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes you look, Jim, Jim uh, uh, our jobs are pretty cool sometimes. They're not bad say. sometimes, they're not right? Bad. I'd like to get paid a little more, but they're not bad. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, in addition to being a music fan, you've been to a bunch of concerts. You've done interviews. You've done stuff we're going to cover as much as we can here. People can read you correct at Forbes, Daily Herald, and Chicago Now, right? Correct. And uh, all of that is connected at RadioJimRyan.com. And on Twitter at RadioJimRyan, yep. Okay, Twitter at RadioJimRyan. All of that stuff uh, is there. That's how you can get to it. But before that, you and I also have something in common. We have a lot of things in common. <laughs> no, uh, we, are both, we are both professional wrestling fans. Correct. Um, and uh, just recently, uh, just this past Sunday, in fact, uh, there was a huge pay-per-view event where AEW and New Japan Wrestling uh, got together, and they did a combined pay-per-view called Forbidden Door, and it was at the United Center right here in Chicago. Um, And this is, for people who are not pro wrestling fans, this was a big deal. This was a big deal with two companies working together and a lot of wrestlers from New Japan Pro that maybe very rarely uh, appear in this country and certainly don't appear at the United Center on a regular basis. Um, so I did not go to the, to the actual event at the United Center. I was about three miles uh, north-ish, um, north, northeast-ish, uh, at the River East movie theater. Because you can see these pay-per-views. You can go to the movie theater and see them on the big screen. And so I was watching it there while you were actually at the, uh, at the United Center, at the UC. Right. So tell me about your thoughts uh, and the experience of seeing uh, Forbidden Door at the UC. Well, I've heard a lot of pundits compare this to WCW's Slammiversary 1995 pay-per-view in that that's the last major pay-per-view 26 years ago, 27 years ago, where you had an American promotion bringing all these wrestlers from New Japan and pro wrestling in. So it's been that long. But to me, the major difference about it is, like, I didn't know any of those wrestlers in the 90s, right? I was not... You didn't have the internet. You didn't have yeah. New Japan on American yeah. television. I didn't know who any of these guys were, and I just didn't care. Now, New, New Japan, for a long time, I don't know if it still is, was on was on Mark Cuban's channel, AXS, AXS. It's on that, um, and, uh, and it also... Uh, yeah, it's on AXS now. Yeah, it's still on AXS, it, and so is in, Impact. That Jim impact, Ross was yeah. doing American calls of it. Like, so, I mean, it really now, to me, translates to an American audience like it never has before. Would you agree with that? I totally agree. Completely. Are you a, did you go into this as a New Japan fan? Uh, not, yes. Yes, cursory. I was casu- cursory. Casual, same. Uh, casual at best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, casual at best. I knew of these guys. I mean, the big names I knew. Like, a, a lot of the hot shots that they did. Like, the main event between uh, Moxley... Um, and uh, Jesus Christ, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Danielson? No, 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 oh, no, no. So you're talking the, the, the Japanese the, guys? Yeah. Tamahashi, Okada? Yeah, uh, yeah Tamahashi, uh, uh, the main event. Um, that was, th- that I knew about him and I knew about a couple of the other guys, but some of the other ones I didn't. And, uh, but I was still obviously intrigued because I, I, AEW to me is the best product Agreed. In, in pro wrestling by far. I mean, the stuff, by the way, the stuff that WWE do, is doing now is awful. Like what well, they're doing like- now. It's I mean, they're, it's not awful. for us, you know, right? It's for like a 10-year-old, right? L- yeah. Riddle is, is not supposed to appeal no. to me at 42. Like, it's, no. it's appealing to a 10-year-old. So it's really two I, different products. There, there are a few, few workers that I still love. Like, I, like, for me, when I watch Raw, it's all, about, it's all about the married couple. It's all about Seth and Becky. Um, it's all about uh, KO. 
You know what I mean? Like, like I love Kevin Owens. I love Edge. I, I yeah. I mean, Edge. I like. Well, I'm not sure about the whole. Like, and I wasn't currently. Sure about, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, but anyway, and I love Rhea. But uh, what that whole thing? You know, I don't know. And now she's got a concussion. I'll, anyway. Uh, and then on SmackDown, uh, for me, it's all about Sami Zayn at this point. Love <laughs> him. Yep. You know, right. I mean, there, so there are guys, there are women and, and guys that I like, but I, I, I find when I watch WWE, I find myself uh, hitting that fast forward. But I can watch Raw. <laughs> I can watch Raw in an hour. It's a three hour. It's a three hour broadcast. I can watch it in an hour, sometimes under. SmackDown, forty minutes. I can watch SmackDown in like forty minutes. Uh, but AEW, I watch all of it. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same. Both shows, Rampage and Dynamite. And Dynamite, by the way, last night on uh, Blood and Guts was unbelievable. I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet. Oh, I, I'm dude. I'm a little dude. behind. I, I'm in it's, the middle of the double cage match. It's fantastic. That's what I keep. I keep I've so, avoided spoilers so far. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but just let me tell you, <laughs> it kicks almighty ass. But you have I'm seen so far, you, you, you have seen the Blood and Guts, the beginning of the Blood and Guts match, right? I saw the beginning of it, yeah. So you saw what the the Jericho Appreciation Society were wearing, right? They're out <laughs> So was okay. that like a lover boy thing? What was it? it? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they go boy band a lot. And uh, I was like, and, it looked and, to me like the cover of that lover boy <laughs> album. It, 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 I know. I don't care. It's fantastic. I, I just, anyway. All right. So forbidden door really quickly. Cause I want to get to music. We've been talking <laughs> yeah, about wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was fun. To, and the event, by the way, the pay-per-view was fantastic. It was a kick-ass pay-per-view. <laughs> They had so many things working against it, and it still wound up being great. I they know didn't have a lot it was of time to build it. They had a ton it was, of injuries. It was great. It was great. You're so right. It was cursed. It was like the cursed mm-hmm. pay per view, and yet they pulled it off. Huge. Yeah. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like in the building in the UC? Well, so it was. It was fascinating. I mean, they sold the tickets out in something crazy like two minutes, right? Which for AEW, it's one of their bigger buildings. They do a lot of smaller arenas, but right. They actually, going into the weekend of the show, they redid the stage so that the backdrop behind the, the stage wasn't as big. So they were blowing out tickets. I only, When I saw that you were at watching it on closed captioning like or closed uh, circuit TV, like yeah. WrestleMania 2 style, I almost texted you that they were blowing tickets out for $4 on StubHub. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this. It was fine because it was, it, it's, it was easier to get to. You know what I mean? And and I, although I would love to have been there, but I was I was in a movie theater with about eight or nine other overweight middle aged guys. <laughs> that's the AEW demo. No, that's it. It was me and guys who never have girlfriends. Uh, you know, we were we were all there. We were all overweight. I was eating some Kit Kat and drinking some bottled water, and we were all just like in between matches, going, "Oh, it was good, man." You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but it, but it was, but man, four bucks. Shit, I, I could have gone to that. I could afford that. Well, so I went with a friend of mine who he was a wrestling fan, but he had never been to a live wrestling event. He's a soccer fan. He's been to Europe to a ton of Premier League soccer matches, and he compared the crowd. He goes, "This is the best." He goes, first of all, this is the best crowd I've ever seen in America." He goes, and two, he goes, it's like a soccer crowd because everybody's yeah. chanting the whole time. Yeah. Everybody's on their feet the whole time. They're engaged. It's regardless of where you stand on wrestling, man, those fans are so much fun to be around in the live setting. It's just a blast. Especially because of the energy that AEW has given its fans now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, well, now I got ambulances coming by my place. (laughs) Hey man, we're city dwellers. It's, it's the new podcast. It's the (laughs) city, Jim and Nick, Nick, the city dwellers. Uh, So Uh, anyway, I'm going to go out into the alley. You're going to hear, never mind. (laughs) You can hear somebody peeing in a garbage can. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. It was it was really fun. Uh, it was great, and looking forward to it. And you're gonna have a great time finishing up Blood and Guts because it was terrific. Excellent. All right, let's get to some music, shall we? 
Yes. You interviewed Mickey Dolenz, who is the last monkey left. Is that unbelievable that I'm Isn't saying that? that? It's crazy to ponder that, right? Like, I mean, because they're another one to me that's so fascinating because of the way they were able to reach so many generations. You know, my, our parents are fans because they grew up with the monkeys. Then, like, I remember that show having that, that rebirth on MTV, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. when I became a fan of the monkeys. A lot of you people know, did. Like, a lot of people your age, uh, Jim, and a little bit younger. Uh, became maniac fans of of uh, of the monkeys when they started showing them on MTV. My my one of my best friends, younger sister, um, uh, became a ridiculous fan to the point where he had to take her to Poplar Creek uh, <laughs> to see them on that summer tour in eighty six or eighty five. Sounds right, yeah, yeah. But they, ha- it's, I'm always amazed by that when these when some of these bands are able to, you know, reach a whole new demo. And he, Mickey was in town; he was performing in Joliet, and so we went to the show. And again, you see it in the crowd, right? There's, there's grandparents with their or with their kids my age who are with their children, right? You've got three generations like around yeah. at this show, and it's just kind of wild. That's Brian cool. May and I had the same conversation, right? Because he's Queen. Queen was again, you know, they they had that first run, and then they get a new run in the '90s because of Wayne's World, and then yeah. again because of Bohemian Rhapsody. It's just wild to see that. It is crazy. I remember one of the one of the concerts, and I think we've talked about this before. One of the concerts that I am so angry that I missed in my youth, and as you know, Jim, I was lucky enough to see a lot of amazing bands in the '70s. Right. I started I started going to concerts at a very young age, and you know, in the '70s, in their prime, like I saw. You know, Kiss in 75 and 76. You know, I saw Zeppelin twice. All the big bands, except for the, the one tour that I did not see, that I, the one concert that I so am so pissed that I missed, Queen with Thin Lizzy opening. Oh I can't God. even, I can't even, can you imagine that? Thin Lizzy and Queen? In I like 76? As much as I love Queen, man. Oh like, cause God. that had to be a pretty small window where you could see Phil Line at, as a functioning rock star, I'm guessing, yeah. right? It couldn't have been yeah. a huge... It, they, opened, they opened for Queen, I, I want to say it was 76, maybe. And wow. if I'm not mistaken, it was at the amphitheater, um, uh, so if I'm not mistaken. Could you imagine that? I mean, I can't even... And my, I, had, I had some older friends who went, and I remember being jealous and mad. That's a, that's a great bill. Wow. Yeah, ridiculous. So what was it like to talk to Mickey, Mickey Dolan's? Uh, Mickey, you know, so again, so he he kind of ruminated on the fact that he's the last man standing. You know, he brought up the fact that him and Mike Nesmith went out and well, they had a tour on the books, and then the pandemic screwed that up. Yeah, um, it got screwed up again in 2020, and they were able to finally launch it at the end of 2021. And they played they played Rosemont Theater, right? Yeah, and within a couple weeks of that tour ending, he died. Mike you know. died. Like yeah, yeah. so, you know, he Mickey kind of said it's. It still hasn't really set in for him yet that he is the last man standing. He said in retrospect that he said it was super important to Mike to finish that tour, which Mike had been in and out of the band, obviously had been out of the band for a long, long time, right? Until like maybe 2012, right after Davey died. Yeah. And he said it was just super important for him to get those shows in. And he said in retrospect, now he thinks Mike probably had a little better idea of how serious things were. It just kind of wasn't letting on. But I mean unbelievable right i mean that timing is crazy and what was it like did did you ask him about the peak in the 60s when i mean when they were you know as big as the beatles in terms of like crowd response yeah that's the second time i've spoken to him and the first time we got into that a ton um yeah i mean because they were huge for people who don't remember they were monstrously big at one point Mm -hmm. the monkeys and i mean he tells these stories where 
he told the story about them auditioning. He, he, his memory, well, he's probably told these stories a million times too, but his, his recall for these things and the detail, I was stunned by like him telling stories about when he was, what, what's the show he was in before the monkeys where he's, he's traveling around with the elephant. Oh yeah. I'm talking. I do. I do. I, yeah, I do. I can't remember what it's called, but yes, I know what you're talking about. I, I asked him, you know, cause we were talking about getting back on the road. And so we, I asked him, I said, do you remember your first concert? And he goes, I don't remember, he goes, who it would have even been. He goes, but I could tell you a really young concert moment. I'm like, what's that? And he goes, when I was eight years old, way before we ever did the monkeys, I went on tour with it. I was opening for an elephant. And he tells me the story. It was <laughs> him doing this show and that he would go out and he would play. Because Mickey was one of the few people in the band who actually had some musical acumen. Right. The irony being he plays guitar. <laughs> he was not a drummer. <laughs> Right, he, he figured out the drums later on, right. but he would go out and play like two. He uh, he, play, uh, he could play Purple People Eater and something else, and he would play like these two songs, and then they would bring out this goofy elephant, and he went on tour like that when he was eight, and it's just insane, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, that's great. That's really great. And talking with Mickey Dolans. Oh. Uh, well, I am glad that they got to finish that tour. That he and uh, he and Mike got to finish that tour, and. Um, you know, like when when each of the monkeys died, I felt really sad. I mean, it was part of Same. my childhood. I started watching the monkeys when I was a little kid, and it was probably just a few years after it went into reruns when they were done. Because this is, I'm talking early 70s. I probably started late 60s, early 70s is when I started watching the monkeys. I and had so, this little, uh, I had this little tiny record player, one of those ones that was like in a box, and the, the lid would just flip yeah, up, yeah. and it was, yeah. you didn't even have to attach speakers to it; it was just self-contained. Yep, and I, yep, yep. I had that thing with Mickey Mouse on the on the cover of it, and my mom's forty-five of the Monkeys theme song, the, the Monkeys theme, theme music. And I it was really over weird. and over. Yeah, I, I, I as a as a, and I don't know why. As a little kid, you know, you've got all those pop songs and the poppy stuff. For some reason. My favorite Monkeys song, and it, well, I mean, I have a million of them now, but when I was a kid, and all my friends thought I was a weirdo, because it wasn't like Last Train to Clarksville. It wasn't, you know, like, hey, hey, with the mo-. It wasn't anything like My favorite Monkeys song ever was Listen to the Band. That was my favorite. Wow, okay. <laughs> and, like, and, I, and my friends were like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen to the Band was my favorite Monkeys song when I was a little kid. Uh, and my favorite monkey on the show. My favorite monkey, like musician-wise and like artist-wise, was was Nesmith, you know. Okay. But my favorite monkey on the show by far was Peter. I was a Peter Tork guy. I loved Peter. Um, so, but and I was I, sad. I told, when oh, each one ahead. of them died, it made me very, very sad. So. I told Mickey uh, that what my favorite song is now, and he just died laughing because it's it's from their most maligned project. Yeah. It's I love Circle Sky, which is from the it's Head a, movie. It's a jam. No, no, it's that's awesome. head rules. By the way, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes, it no. does. Yes, it does. No, I, I could, we could talk all day about the monkeys, but you got to talk to Mickey. I mean, okay, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, the the Black Crows, Shake Your Money Maker, turned thirty, which makes me feel like I'm <laughs> nine hundred and twelve years old. Uh huh. The Black Crows. I remember when they toured with Oasis. Oh, I went to Tinley. I went to that, and it was like the Brotherly Love tour. Who was the? Yeah. Was, oh, yes. the only. I guess the only band missing was the Kinks, because that would have been the ultimate. Brotherly love tour where they beat the shit out of each other. Or maybe Boston, too. You could get Boston in there. Uh, Do you remember who opened that show? It was another set of uh, no, of, wait, of who English was it? brothers. Who was it was it? Space Hog, the, the Langston oh, right. brothers. Right. right. <laughs> so anyway, the, the Chris and Rich Robinson 
you know, known to hate each other and all that uh-huh. other crap. You interviewed both of those guys. Uh, uh, Shake Your Moneymaker is 30. And tell me a little bit, first of all, about you, your feelings about the Black Crows, your feelings about that album being 30, and about the, <laughs> the interview with Chris and Rich. I, I adore the Black Crows. Um, I love I love them. I love that album in particular, and, and here's why. I've always thought, and I, if you recall that Tinley show, was a great example because Oasis went out first and rocked. They were terrific. And the Crows went out, and they, they did one of their laid-back sets, and it was, it was kind of an anticlimax. But the way I've always put it with the Crows is if you get a Chris Robinson night, you're getting the Grateful Dead light. <laughs> if you get a Rich night, you're getting Exile. So <laughs> pick your poison. You just hope, hope for the best. Right, but right, right, right. <laughs> them being out there now doing Shake Your Moneymaker in full, you're getting the full-on rock rich thing every night so it's yeah. great yeah what was and it like they're covering to to them? they're covering the stones every night too by the way and they cover the stones on their new ep so it's like that's yeah. what i want from the crows <laughs> well a lot a lot of people seem to think that they've covered the stones on every one of their albums yeah, well, <laughs> channel them let's say they yeah. channel no them i'm a stones, i'm a big yeah. i'm a big black crows fan i you know and I, I don't mind that they wear their influences on their goddamn sleeves Agreed. i have no problem with that at all but what was it like to? What were they like to interview? Were they cool? So yeah, they were great. Um, they were both great. But this was hilarious too. So it was going to be both of them at the same time, which I was shocked by. Uh, I didn't even have to ask for it. I'm like, okay, shocking. It was on Zoom, but neither one of them would turn their cameras on, and they were not together. So <laughs> right away, it's kind of funny. Now I had gone through and I had a couple questions set for Rich. I had a couple questions set for Chris. And it was funny because no matter what you would ask, even if you would Rich, you know, blah, 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 Rich would get about two words out, and then Chris would <laughs> Chris would jump in and start talking. And finally after this happens, the second or third time, Nick, I ask, you know, Rich a question, and Rich starts to answer. Chris jumps in, and you just hear, <sighs> and I, I'm like, now I know why the cameras aren't on, right? <laughs> because Chris would have to see that reaction. That's so funny. That's so, so funny. Chris does catch it, and he stops and goes, I'm sorry, Rich, go ahead. And there's a pause, and Rich just goes, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> and I'm like, that, God, that, that's like, it. this is them on their best behavior. That's it. You totally captured their relationship right <laughs> there, man. Fantastic. Uh, so that's really it, it gets it gets better. Here's, here's the even funnier part. So... I, we could tell that that Chris is walking around outside because you can hear yeah. birds chirping throughout the entire thing. All of a sudden, toward the end of the interview, Rich is talking, and you just hear Chris go, ah, ah, and we're like, I'm like, what the hell is that? And Rich never stops, never skips a beat, just keeps talking as Chris, Chris finally goes, ah, I, I almost died there. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with this guy? And finally, Rich stops, and Chris goes, Seriously, I was walking and this giant tree limb fell. It almost hit me. It landed right next to me. If it hit me, I'd be dead. And again, I'm like, like just speechless. Yeah. I go, well, I'm glad you're not dead. Yeah. And I'm waiting for Rich to chime in. There's a pause for a sec. Rich picks right back up with his answer as if nothing had happened and keeps right on going. I'm like, your brother just told you he almost died. And you're like, <sighs> that is fantastic. Uh-huh. That is fantastic. Well, well like, that's the Black Crows in 2022. No they, question, they tolerate man. each other at best. 
No, tell, tell me about these covers that they're doing on this EP. Tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so they've got a cool new EP out. So they're covering, uh, <laughs> they're covering the Stones. They're covering the Temptations. They're covering Bowie. Uh, it's all songs from 1972. That's the name of the EP is 1972. Oh, cool. So they're doing Moon Age Daydream. They're doing Papa Was a Rolling Stone. I mean, it is, like, I got to say, it's pretty cool. They That's rock. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the interview is at Forbes. Uh, and it so is. is. So is the Mickey Dolan's interview. They're both at Forbes.com. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, at Radio Jim Ryan on Twitter and RadioJimRyan.com uh, with the connection for all of that. Hey, uh, you know, you've been to some concerts and stuff. Let's talk about one that you and I were both at. Yes. Um, and it was my first time at that hellhole in Tinley Park <laughs> in years and years and years. Um, yes. And Esmeralda, my, my, my lovely uh, uh, partner on this podcast, who we will hear I in miss the next, her. next segment. Tell She's her I a, say hello, please. I absolutely you? will. Um, and she and her boyfriend, Colin, I was the third wheel. Um, we went out there. Nick, I'm pretty much the third wheel at every show <laughs> I go. It's either I'm by myself or I'm the third wheel. That's why it was so nice to go to the Forbidden uh, Door thing, because I wasn't a third wheel. We were all, like, single fat guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we went, and Esmeralda is a, a fan of Tears for Fears, okay? And, and so is Colin. They're both fans, but Esmeralda is a super fan of garbage. Like, she is ridiculously ah. huge fan of garbage. Okay. I am a fan of garbage, a big fan of garbage, but a re-goddamn ridiculous super fan of tears for fears and so it was a nice little combination um and uh we went and i have to say we had we were on the lawn so we weren't like up close or anything uh we were on the lawn and it was it was a lovely night it was much cooler by the way and i know you were in the pavilion it was much cooler on the lawn because when i went to go to the bathroom it literally (laughs) was like 20 degrees warmer as i went down into the pavilion area um but i thought it was an i thought it was first of all i thought garbage was great we missed the first couple of songs so So did we we. it took forever to get in it was terrible exactly and we missed the first couple of songs we i remember we were standing we had just gotten passed through the gate and uh we had you know the blanket and everything we were ready to go and all of a sudden like stupid girl started and i was like god damn it you know and and so esmeralda and i were singing it as we were walking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> towards to get them along but i thought tears for fears and i love the new album i think tipping point i do a too great it's so good it's so and it's it's getting amazing reviews it's good for them and it's just like it's like they just they didn't miss a step man and and no. the show was amazing and i've seen tears for fears many times i saw tears for fears a bunch of times probably five or six times without kurt when it was just roland in the okay. mid 90s um during that period and uh, and still great uh, and it was it was an unbelievably great show uh, uh how did you feel about it and tell me about how much you know what your experience was at tears for fears last week a couple of weeks ago i i forgot how many hits tears for fears had in the 80s i forgot how many songs of theirs i knew until you know in the week leading up to the show i was kind of listening through to a lot of stuff and i was like holy crap there's like eight or nine songs that were like pretty big hits in the in throughout the 80s like even into the early 90s i was like yeah yeah. That's not easy to do. Um, I just thought they were dynamite. I thought they sounded outstanding. Like yep. with so many of those shows, when you go to see some of these guys, they've got to tune down and to hit those notes. And those guys just sounded outstanding. I couldn't they believe did. how good they sounded. And I thought Shirley Manson, Shirley yeah. Manson was outstanding. She was amazing. And she, you know, I, I love the fact that they uh, did personal Jesus and dedicated it to Andy Fletcher. I thought that was a, that was a lovely thing. I was so mad. I missed the personal Jesus cover. Oh, I you saw missed they it. Were doing it. Yeah. And I was so we, mad. It took us 40 minutes to get in, to get into the parking lot. It took us a long time to get in as well. I mean, we got there and we sat down, we were 
just about comfortably seated when Personal Jesus started. That's when we that, and and I was like, oh man! And they you know they dedicated it to Andy Fletcher for people who might not know. Uh, Andy Fletcher from Depeche Mode passed away um, last month, and uh, so they dedicated the song to him. I thought that was great. Yeah, and yeah, Garbage was great, and she was fucking fantastic as she so always good. Was. Yeah. So good. And and Tears for Fears, they were amazing. And I and I feel like a jag off because I don't remember the 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 singer's name um, who did when they did Woman in Chains and when they did the, oh the, yeah. The, the, yeah, you know, yeah you know the. Because originally it was Oleta Adams uh, on Seeds of Love and you know doing the background vocals and stuff, and this woman was amazing. She could belt. The band kicked ass. Roland and Kurt sounded unbelievable. The song selection was extraordinary all the way across the board. It was one of my one of the best shows that I've seen in in, in, in a long, long time. Not like I'm going to a lot of shows, uh, but that venue still sucks. That venue Those still two, sucks. They they cracked me up by the way, Roland and Kurt when. So we walked in, and it was – by the way, everybody I go to Tinley with has the same reaction you did as you introduced this show, which is I haven't been in that venue in X amount of years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my buddy Keith was with me, and he hadn't been there, I think he said, in 12 years or something. Yep. Um, and the first thing he did was look around while we're in the pavilion, and I go, yeah. I said, doesn't it look like a like a prison system? It looks like a jail, right? Because the way they've got it, <laughs> if you've never been there, I see where you're there, going with this. I know where you're it's going. It's that seated area in, in down on the floor in front of the stage, and then these sky boxes. <laughs> they're so high up so that you can still see into the pavilion from the lawn. Right. That they just look bizarre, and it looks like a penal colony of some it sort. It looks it like does. a prison. Does, and so yeah. we joked about it as soon as we walked in and a half hour later, Tears for Fears goes on stage and I think it was Kurt Smith repeatedly kept waving to everybody at the top. He goes, hello to, hello to all the inmates up yeah. at the top. Yeah. And the two of us were dying every time he did it. It we're was like, hilarious. Yeah, we're not the only ones who think it's a jail. It, it was hilarious. And it was, and, and Roland did it too. They both did it. And, and, and it was really funny because here's a little tidbit for you, Jim. You know, Esmeralda, <laughs> Esmeralda used to work at, uh, at, oh God! At, at, okay, uh, Hollywood Casino when it was I think when it was the Twitter. That you have there's been so many names on the Twitter yeah. Center. Sure, Twitter. She was at, she worked there when it was the Twitter Center. And, Is uh, she and South, so, a fellow South Center? No, no. Okay. She, well, she's Joliet. Like, she's this. Joliet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, Crestwood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she's Joliet. Um, but she worked there during like uh, her summer in in college. She she worked there for two summers. Uh, and and as soon as they said prison, she busted out laughing. So uh, no, great show all the way around. It was really great, and it was it was just a wonderful uh, it was a wonderful night in general. Um, and I had a great time, despite the fact that that cha- that goddamn place has not changed a bit. Except the only nope. thing that's changed is the prices have gone up. Uh-huh. That's it. More expensive. Uh-huh. More expensive. Uh, you went to see Kiss in Milwaukee. <laughs> Not I'm quite sorry. 1975 Kiss anymore. By no, the way, Nick. no, uh, I know. I haven't seen. I've not seen Kiss in close to 50 years i i, I it, it's like 40 something years 40 probably 47 years 46 years you know it's yeah I, i'm gonna tell you something that's gonna shock you yeah the set list has not changed since 2018 <laughs> whether you're indoors or outdoors because i've been to both since right. 2018 uh same set list whether it was in milwaukee outdoors whether it was in tinley park outside the united center inside yeah. same set list there yeah uh, I, yeah. yeah, kiss is just kiss. What are you gonna do? I, I was a fan before I had pubic hair. That, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> Same. you know what I mean? I was like, oh, you know, you know. I could, I was just talking about this the other night with a, a friend of mine. Uh, we were at a movie screening. Uh, it was last night, in fact. Uh, we were at a movie screening. One of my colleagues and I were talking. For some reason, kiss came up. I don't know how, but they came up. And and, uh, and I told them, I told him like, because I, I was listening to kiss back in the day. I was of that age. 
So I, like at 11, I was in 1976, I was 11. So I was a kid. I was a kiss freak. You know what I mean? You're 11 years old and it's right. like 70s kiss. They're new. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I'm a maniac. I'm in the kiss army. I'm a goddamn general in the kiss army at this point. <laughs> and I've seen him, you know, I've seen him a bunch of times at the Chicago stadium at the height. You know what I mean? At the height of their popularity. Um, and I remember tracing back to the point where I started to realize that kiss sucked. Because at some point, you, you, like, you, you kind of grow up. And I'd been listening to uh-huh. a lot of great music when I was a little kid. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up listening to classic shit and Zeppelin and the Beatles and all of that stuff. Um, but for some reason, I loved Kiss because I was, you know, I, I'm not going to deny the fact that I was 11 and I liked blood coming out of the, you know, Gene Simmons' mouth and fire yeah. and shit. And so I remember, I can specifically tell you the artist and the album that I first listened to where I, where I was like, wow, I've been listening to a lot of shit lately. And it was the day that I came home with Excitable Boy. By Warren Zevon. <laughs> okay. 1978. That, that opened or, up a new world for you? A complete... I mean, I, was, I had listened to good music and solid music and stuff at that point, but for some reason... And I bought Excitable Boy. I bought that album because of Werewolves of London because I'm a horror film freak. Okay. And, and, and that's like, a, you know, it's a, it's a gimmicky song. It's a great song. But, like, I liked it because it was Werewolves. And I'm like, yay! And I was, like, 12 years old when the album came out. And I'm like, yay, Werewolf song. And then I went home and I listened to the whole album and I was like, what the fuck? What's happening? You know, like something, something was happening in my head, in my brain. And I immediately was like, I can't, I can't listen to Kiss anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. And you never this. went back. And I never went back. I was like, and I literally, it was right, like I stopped right before the solo albums came out. Like right around when the solo albums came out. Sure. That's when like I started listening to Warren Zevon and other stuff. Like Warren Zevon opened the doors to a bunch of other like singer songwriter stuff. Sure. And I remember listening to it and like going, wait a minute, accidentally like a martyr, and now I'm going to listen to Firehouse? I don't think so. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Have you ever heard the Kiss song Room Service? Of course. Yes. It's on Dress to, Ki- it's on, it's on, uh, Dress to Kill. Some of the worst lyrics I've I know. ever heard in my no, life. No, no, no. No, the worst. Like, they're, but they're hilariously bad. Well, what, they're not give just me an, bad. Quick, give me an example. Oh, my God. I got to Here look comes the train. So, I was going to say, are you hearing it in the background yeah. there? Okay, okay, go ahead. What are um, your, 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 this, is, this is from uh, Room Service. I'm feeling low, no place to go, and I'm thinking that I'm going to scream. Now, you got to picture this in Paul Stanley's like falsetto. Yeah. Right. Because a hotel all alone is not a rock and roll star's dream. But just when I'm about to shut the light and go to bed, a lady calls and asks if I'm too tired or if I'm too dead for, maybe I could use a meal, Room Service. You do what you feel. I take the pleasure with the pain. I can't say no. Which we, we know at this point is true, right? Uh, it, it it continues on like it's now now he's gonna now he's on the plane and he's in the same state. My plane's delayed and I'm afraid they're gonna keep me waiting here till nine. Then a stewardess in a tight blue dress says, "I got the time." But just as I'm about to take my coat and get my fly, she says, "Oh please, she's on her knees." And one more one more time before I leave, I get some room service. Get some room service. Mm-hmm. All right. It, he uh, goes on. By the way, he gets caught by a. Uh, I gotta. I don't want to quote the age wrong. Uh, he gets caught. Yeah. Are we there, Jim? Song. Right, I see her it? dad. He's getting mad all the time. He knows I'm in need of room service. Room service. So all right. Sixteen or sweet sixteen. Sweet Looking sixteen. Hot mean. Yeah. Huh? There you Good go. Times. Yeah, no, that's Jim, uh, Jim Ryan, by the way, uh, uh, fantastic interpretation. Doing his best Steve Allen. Have you ever heard Steve Allen do that, Jim? He, he reads Kiss lyrics? No, not Kiss lyrics, but he reads music lyrics. That's like a bit that Steve Allen used to do. Oh like God. he would do stuff like a wump bump a loom 
Ba-lomp, bam, boom. Tutti frutti. <laughs> he would do that like that kind of thing. And uh, that's a Steve Allen bit. I mean, it all goes back to Steve Allen. David Letterman wouldn't exist without stealing Steve Allen stuff, um, yeah, which is amazing. That's great, though. Yeah. No, Kiss. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, my God, Kiss. And they really know how to tell a story without They certainly do. It's, it's deep yeah. and significant, uh, all is. the lyrics. It is. Heartfelt stuff. My God. Room mm-hmm. service. Yeah, that's on Dress to Kill. I knew that only because I was in the Kiss Army as a general in the 70s. Uh, so... <laughs> Well, listen, Jim, it's been a blast, man. This yeah, is just flown by. And on that, yeah, we got to end on, on Jim reading, yeah. reading, reading Room Service by Kiss as poetry, <laughs> as slam yeah. poetry. You know, you could do that uh, at Paper Machete over at, uh, at, the green, <laughs> at the Green Mill. I think you can get yeah, away we, with doing that. We never heard Jim's entrance music again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got uh, the Hot Stove uh, a Cool Music concert coming up? Mavis at Metro. How great is that? Small, Amazing. small, intimate venue in Chicago hosting yep. a, a legend who's been doing it for seven years, which is incredible. Incredible. Mavis Staples. But my buddy, Doc Julan from uh, Poi Dog Pondering and the Slugs, um, he's a regular with, uh, with the Hot Stove Cool Music uh, concert uh, thing. And, uh, he's it's doing a that. lovely lineup. It Scott is. Lucas it's from Local H, Juliana Hatfield. Yeah. It's good Always stuff. good. Always cool. Anything else coming up that uh, you... Ah, uh, the Fitzgerald's uh, American Music Festival is this weekend in uh, suburban Berwyn. Do you want to scream Berwyn. that out for Oh, me shit. I didn't have that one queued up. <laughs> Damn uh, it. Sunvolt reverse I have, I mean, I have, I, have, I have this. You think you can get me to a hospital? I think I broke my ass. That's not going to. I got Hi, this. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. And uh, I have this. God damn it, Nick. No, I, that's yeah. none of those work. <laughs> Neither of us have a rubber chicken. Neither of us screamed out. No, Berwin, so not yeah, at the it. moment. No. All right. But, so uh, yeah, great, so great lineup for Berwyn all weekend. Cool. Yeah. All uh, right. More... Some volt rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And all of the concert stuff that we've talked about, the interviews, Brian May, uh, you interviewed Graham Nash, in addition to Chris and Rich Robinson and Mickey Dolans, and everything else we talked about, uh, except for the wrestling, is covered at <laughs> Forbes, Daily Herald, Chicago Now, on Twitter at Radio Jim Ryan and RadioJimRyan.com. Jim, we'll get you on again uh, real soon. Talk music. It's always a blast, my friend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Take care. Uh, there's Jim Ryan and his train. All right. <laughs> and we thanks Jim for, uh, for stopping by. And let's say hello to the one, the only, Esmeralda Leah. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Oh, there it is. Ah, every time we hear that great theme song by the incredible Jason Skaggs, we know it's time to visit with Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you doing? I am good. Good. Well, welcome. (laughs) And uh, we're here. Thank you. On a Friday, you got any uh, plans mm-hmm. for the for the uh, upcoming weekend? Uh, going well because it is uh, oh, the Fourth of July, July weekend. weekend. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yes. I have a friend who lives uh, in that big old tower uh, near Navy Pier, so they're going to have people Lake Point Tower. To watch. Yes, the one that's shaped kind of like an amoeba. Yes. 
okay. You know, my dad's old boss used to live there. Oh. The guy, the guy who owned the vending company that my dad worked for for many, many years, um, and he lived up in the high rise, and I, and I, I was up there a few times uh, as a little kid because he was like, oh. you know, the guy, the guy owned a bunch of companies. I don't think he even knew that he owned my dad's where my dad worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> One of those kind of guys, and invited, and because my dad became kind of a hot shot at the at the at the little uh, vending company that he worked for. Mm-hmm. And so we visit. It's beautiful. Have you been inside there before? You have, obviously, because. Um. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Well, it was beautiful because, in the 70s. Se- you know. In the 70s, it was really beautiful. Oh, it was I'm really- sure. I remember in the 70s, it was high fucking class. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, I, I mean, I it's went in there fine. And I like, it's, it's any other, like, at least my friend's apartment, it's not anything like, he's paying for the view. <laughs> I absolutely no question about it. He's straight up paying for the view. Well, that's cool. So you guys um, are going to be up in Lake Point Tower. Do you know how high up? Yes. What, what high? How? Uh, where is? He's not. He's not too far far up. I think twelfth floor. Still, that's but, beautiful up. Yeah. But yeah, but you go up to the um. There's like a general ad, yep. general like, admission area where like everyone deck. congregates. Like a deck yes. up there. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna go uh, to that for the fireworks. On That's Saturday. cool. That's a perfect place too, man. I mean, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. view. That's really, really cool. I wish I weren't scared shitless of uh, heights. <laughs> I, I had a you just friend stand by the door. Like you oh, stand I know. by the door because it's like it's it juts out. So yeah, I had a I had two friends that lived. One of them lived in each tower of Marina Tower at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. Not very not very long ago. My buddy Mike and my buddy Greg. Uh, one lived in the in the West Tower. One lived in the East Tower. Um, and there was a, you know, a deck on the roof where you could go up to the roof and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he would always you know, like, if he had a bunch of people over, would be like, Hey, you want to go up to the roof? And then we'd go up there and I'd stand right by the door. Everybody would go to the edge, you know, <laughs> and I would just stand right by the door. And you know that, uh, the, the Marina towers are obviously they're shaped, they're circular. Right. And so I was in the center, you know, like if it were a record on a record player, <laughs> I was yeah. hanging out, I was hanging onto the record adapter. That was me just clinging oh, you know, in the middle <laughs> to the record adapter while everybody else was at the edge of the vinyl looking over. So, But that's cool. That'll be fun. That'll be fun, man. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, that sounds like fun. Uh, I'm actually going to go and uh, go to um, a bar. Um, oh. I, I, I ended up at a bar um, a, a, a couple of days ago, and I did really good. I did really well. Um Good. For people who don't know, I'm I'm recovering. Was it a bar bar? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. And and I and I met someone at this bar to, to for like a business reason, and uh, mm. and this was like this guy's regular bar, and I had met mm. him there before, but very briefly. But this was like I went in and people were drinking, like you know, right? They and were what drinking. What time was it? Uh, <laughs> it was about five in the evening. But it's a oh. bar that's. But wait, but wait, hold on. Let me explain. It's a bar. It's a bar that's that's in that's in the Gold Coast, so it's right. Oh, ne- okay. Yeah, it's right near yeah. Viagra Triangle. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. near. It's like near Russian Oak. It's like okay. that area. Yeah. And so five o'clock, you know, people go in, they start bombing. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's like you yeah. know. So yeah, yeah. so uh, the last time I met this person there, it was very early in the afternoon, and they also serve food. It was very early in the afternoon, and we kind of like grabbed a table and we talked and met a couple times. This time, they were at the bar, and I sat at the bar, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, Ugh, I don't know about this. Uh, for people, like I said, for people who don't know, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and and I I have steered clear for many years of hanging out in bars because. 
that's what I did for many years, you know, and drank right. a lot. And I yeah. didn't want to be triggered in any way. You know what I mean? I've been staying mm-hmm. away from that kind of thing because I don't yeah, want to start fucking drinking again, you know? And so this was like I was there and uh, the people around me were, I mean, drinking. And at one mm-hmm. point, the people that I was with ordered Irish car bombs. Uh, really? Yeah. Which involved... God, people still do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was done as kind of a joke because one of the people there had never heard of them and he was Irish. Mm-hmm. And the Yeah, because bar- they're Irish. Yeah. Did he not find that in any way? Like, I don't know. I've I've heard the like when people find it like very distasteful because it's well, just like yeah. oh well, let's get a nine eleven no bomb. I know I feel I feel the same way I I feel the same way it's obviously it's like, uh, hmm. no I understand that like I, you would need I I, I I in fact when they ordered them because the bar itself is an Irish bar, mm-hmm. bar I don't want to I won't give the name of it but there's it's a yeah. it's a very yeah. bl- I'll, I can tell well, you the, the, air, but, the twenty bazillion bars. Yeah, the Irish yeah, bar Yeah, but there's but there's one bar. But no, but I mean, if you were to look in that area, like if you were to look like on a map of bars in that area, like in that mm-hmm. that smaller area, um, the name of this bar would be like, oh Jesus Christ, that is clearly an Irish bar. Okay, like, it, like you know make what I mean? Make it easy. Make it easier. Nick. Ma- make it easy. Yeah. Make so it anyway, easier to find but, it. But no, it's a great place, and I had. And, and, but anyway, I they. Know, they but- the, the, the person had never heard of it, and they're like, oh, well, you have to have one. So everybody was like, well, you got to have one. And so uh, Irish car bomb, for people who might not know, consists of Bailey's and Jameson in a shot glass and uh, a, 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 a half pint of Guinness. And you drop the shot glass into the Guinness, and you down the whole thing. That's why it's called the night. You bomb it. You down the whole thing. Ugh. I so those it. are those. You always hated all those things. Th- well, those are all three of my favorite things ever. Okay, and and I'm sitting at this bar like going, and so they order an Irish car and and someone brings out like the Jameson and Jameson at one point, Esmeralda, you know this, I think about me, that that was Mm -hmm. my that was my choice of poison when I was a drinking man. Yes. And I would go through not exaggerating over a half a bottle a day of Jameson at one point at my worst. So there's this bottle of Jameson being poured literally two feet away from me for, you know, multiple people who are about to do Irish car bomb shots. And I was like, and you know what? It didn't fucking phase me. It did not phase me. It's great. And and I was the <laughs> the guy next to me was down in like a bunch of pits. There were, there were people doing Zambuca. And it was you know, oh, it was it was me blimey. in a bar. It was me, you know, in a bar on a stool with a ginger ale, you know, hanging out, talking mm-hmm. with people, and everybody around me was drinking. The bartenders were doing bartender stuff. And it was a bar. I was actually in sitting at a bar for the first time in many years. And I walked out of there without any kind of temptation to have a drink. Oh, that's um, so good. It was ridiculous. And I just felt really fucking great afterwards. And my friend Scott Oaken, who is a great musician and a great singer, um, he's got this thing going on at uh, Chief O'Neill's, which is a very triggering place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't been there in many, many years. And he's playing uh, some acoustic songs with a couple of friends of mine. And a whole bunch of my old friends are going to be there. And so I'm going tonight to that th- Friday night. Um, oh, good. Be- be- because I of mean, this. I mean, that's ex- great that like you have, you now at least have a that, a meter of like, well, okay, this yeah, didn't bother me. And that was absolutely. like full force. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, it was a test. Like when, when I first got in there and I sat down and, and I started to feel the atmosphere in the bar. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like the time we were there before, which was like lunch, let's talk. We don't, you know what I mean? 
Right. This, this atmosphere on that night at 5 o'clock, 5.30, that was like we are going to fucking drink atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? You know the difference. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, so yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to sit here. Because otherwise I would have left. I would have picked up what I needed to pick up. The reason I went down there is I had to pick something up. And so, there, so mm-hmm. I would have picked it up and left normally. But I was like, I'm going to see. I'm going to see how long I can last in this, in, in this environment. I've never tested myself before. And the moment I would have felt a little bit triggered, I would have walked out. I was there for yeah. over two hours. I was there for over two hours. So well, that's um, great. That's great that you're, you know, you're, it's able to essentially not phase you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, cause it was a big deal Esmeralda, because I'm, you know, like normally this thing at, at chiefs tomorrow, uh, <laughs> tomorrow, night, tonight, tomorrow night for Christ's sake, tomorrow night, it's Thursday, uh, <laughs> tonight, tomorrow night, this thing at chief. Yeah, I, would just, I would just say the, the, to be safe, just say the days, July 1st. That thing. Well, July you just fr- say the Friday. Well, I just said the you day of the week. Yeah, that Friday. Crazy. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm such an idiot. Uh, so anyway, this is something I would have skipped. And it's, there are going to be a lot of people I haven't seen there in a long, long time. And I'm there to support my friends, especially Scott, who's like my best friend. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to be singing, and it's going to be something that he's been doing for years. And I haven't seen that live in that place in a long time. And because of what happened to me at this bar... And my experience and how I walked out with no problems whatsoever and was there for two hours with people sitting 30 inches away from me doing shots. I was like, I think I can do this. So I'm going to go to Chief O'Neill's for the first time in many years and see my friends play and see some old buddies. So I'm excited. See, that's good. Yeah. So I I just had to test myself. So and I I passed, so it was good. And you passed, yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. And I, I, thank you. It doesn't call for God this. damn it, Nick. There was no need for that. <laughs> so anyway. Oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Hi, and Carrie. I oh, love hi, Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie, Carrie Russell, I and oh. I love Nick's show. Right. So, you know, when I got home. Uh, after that, mm-hmm. Carrie Russell came in, gave me a kiss, and said, congratulations. And she went back on Oh, wow. <laughs> and some people right now are saying, who cares? So let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so we taste test these weird candies. And now this one I had never heard of, but we were talking a little bit about it. This is a, a company and a brand that you're familiar with. Yeah. And actually, I didn't even realize until now that it was this. Yeah, so tell, um, tell, because tell me I had all about seen it. <clears throat> so we are going to try Lucas Brand Squinkles Salsagetti. Um, I honestly first when I first saw it thought it was spaghetti. No, salsa spaghetti. Right, uh, and that's important because the brand is it's. I think it's. I think it's Mexican. I think it's from Mexico or Latin America in general. Um, yeah. But it's a brand called Lucas, and I know it because I used to eat this stuff called um, Lucas Limon, which mm-hmm. is a little jar of powdered salt and lime. So something and that I think you maybe you used if, it for drinks, like like but you would, I would you eat would, it straight you, into my hand and yeah. just lick it. <laughs> so you would use it for drinks, like like uh, you would rim the glass for a margarita with it. That kind yeah, of thing. I think. Yeah, I think that was for beers and stuff. Gotcha. But I right, would right. straight, I would straight eat it for, <laughs> um, just straight eat it like that because I like, like salt. It? I like salty. Yeah. Um, so like teaspoonful. Salty sour thing. Like a, you, you would eat a teaspoonful just, of the limon. Just powder, powder on yeah. my hand, and just. Hump. Okay. But that's um, Lucas, and, and they have. Explain. I'm sorry, but explain and describe their mascot because I couldn't figure this one out. Oh, he's like a he's a duck. 
He's a cool duck. With sunglasses. He's got sunglasses. And I think he has sunglasses in every Oh no, he doesn't have sunglasses in every picture. Oh, okay. That's I think oh wait. Does he? Well, he's wearing sunglasses. That might have been it might have been in like the old Oh no, he does. They're just different. Okay, so I feel like they've updated his sunglasses. All right. Okay, he had so more wraparound it, does, sunglasses it, in is, the in the like older have, stuff, and now does, it's a little more hipper. Does he have a name? Does does the Lucas Lucas? Oh, his name is Lucas. He is Lucas. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Lucas. Okay, and he's a hip Mexican duck. He's a, hip, I guess. Yeah, he's got a little like pompadour thing going. <laughs> he does. No, he looks cool. I can tell. You know what? I'll post a picture of him uh, uh, when we when I post the when I post the link uh, to this podcast. Um, episode i will post a link i will post his picture lucas the yeah. duck okay and cool. he's and he's his that brand uh does everything very spicy it's like spicy oh. sweet stuff like Uh-oh. sour stuff uh-huh. sour spicy <laughs> so i might be in trouble here because i'm not i'm not like into the way spicy stuff it might it i mean it might not be that spicy who knows it does have a flame underneath the logo, so I'm assuming right. that's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So but yeah, Lucas... everything they sell is like kind of like a spicy, spicy, spicy sweet, spicy sour, sour sweet, you know. It's yeah. all that kind of stuff. Gooey things okay. that you got to pour into, you got to squeeze it and stuff, or it's powders. Okay. So this will be interesting. I, okay, yeah, so it's so funny that I didn't realize... It Until said now. salsa sketty. Salsa salsa getty. Uh they're also is. it's also watermelon. So the base yeah. is watermelon and then whatever spicy. I see. Okay. Well this is gonna be which interesting. Which is a huge I, which I'm, is I'm, the I'm, thing. This is the one thing this is no, I know that. I, I, I this is this is the first one in a while that I'm really intrigued by. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, by, this is I straight up thought it was gonna be spaghetti. I thought yeah. it was spaghetti. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be probably gross. <laughs> But, but this salsa- one will probably be delicious. Okay, cool. I, I'm glad that we could tap into your childhood for one of these. Yeah. Back, back when little Esmeralda <laughs> was eating dust out of a, out of a jar. Yeah, uh, I was eating pa- salt and lime powder, which is just like, <laughs> that can't be good for my... For my uh, I'm just picturing my little, Esmeralda, little Esmeralda just scooping up the salt and, uh, and, uh, and lime-flavored uh, powder. Yeah. So uh, that's fantastic. I would do that if I had the powder, or I would just, you know, DIY it. <laughs> Lemon juice and salt. Yeah. I mean, mind you, I would be putting, like I did it yesterday. I um, I made, uh, I chopped up some cucumbers and then just lemon juice, salt, and I just ate that. And then um, afterwards, you get the, the delicious, salty, salty, limey yeah. water. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this is again. This is I probably have encrusted like salt encrusted arteries. So, yeah. watch well, out for me. I I think Lucas the duck knows CPR, so I think we're okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, you want a few more uh, facts? That are you shitting me? The scariest facts ever. Yes. Okay. Well, let's see. What are what what is this chapter about here? I always like to like open it indiscriminately to mm-hmm. a, to a chapter and see what we have here. Um, Colossal Blunders. Oh, this could be mm. a whole book. Colossal Blunders. Right. All right. Let's see how many of these are scary. Because we've discovered, Esmeralda, as we've gone through these, that not all of them are scary. Some of them are just, like, a little dumb and kind of head-scratching. Yes. 
There's so. very the maybe the the ones about torture were frightening. Yeah, but All right, <laughs> after well, here that it kind of was like col- eh. colossal blunders. The this is a local one. Are you ready for that? Okay. The steamship Eastland rolled over on its side in the Chicago River in 1915, killing oh. 844. I remember that, or and I don't remember it live, but I remember <laughs> reading about it. killing 844 people in 20 feet of water. The accident was blamed on the weight of the lifeboats which were added after the Titanic disaster. So in order to, help, to, in order to help boats not sinking like the Titanic, they put giant lifeboats that caused the boat to tip over and 844 people to die in the river. Oof. Yeah, I actually... Um, WTTW has mm-hmm. a documentary on it, and it's quite good. It's a little... Like, the voiceover is a little... Eh? But um, the information in it is very good. And they do like, um, what is it called? Uh, reenactments. Sure. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually, it's a really good. If you go to, just search WTTW and yeah. the Eastland disaster and like the, the, the videos come up. And it's a really good, it's just a nice, um, it's, it's a really good documentary on how and everything that <laughs> happened. Because it was... Like, we just think about it like, oh, yeah, a boat overturned, whatever, no, blah, blah, no, blah. Yeah. But then yeah. they get really into it. It was just really horrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Even, like, when they had to recover bodies and stuff. Like, yeah. it was... I and, mean, and you have to think, this was 1915. Right. Uh, So, like, having to go search for people, you have to go in the water. And I don't... I mean, scuba gear is not really a thing. They had right. some kind of something, but it's not like what we have today. Not so. like modern technology yeah. today, yeah. Exactly. So but, even I mean, the people who are saving or who are trying to recover the bodies and stuff, they had to yeah. um, risk their lives as well. So that, and we all have heard about the Eastland disaster here. Uh, but also, if you just think about it, you know, um, like I'm downtown a lot now and I, and I cross that river a, a lot. And, and I can't even imagine you know, uh, 844 people being killed in that river. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. And just thinking of a boat, like, overturning. Yeah. So, yeah. you all, like, if you watch the thing, you they'll they'll explain, like, essentially what happened. Because you'd be like, well, wouldn't you just, I mean, it doesn't yeah. seem that bad to get out. But it's and like. Peop- and, and people get so upset about uh, the Dave Matthews band dumping shit on people in the river when this actually happened in that river. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, by comparison. Like, terrible things have actually happened there. <laughs> But then they also say, so because of this, I don't know if they, I don't think they talk about it in your book, but there is. These are all bullet points, Esmeralda. These are are all bullet points. So there are ghosts there. Yeah, no. They're supposedly, Uh, yeah, because all these people died right there. So supposedly there are spirits. That's something that um, uh, our old friend who passed away, the legendary Richard Crow, the ghost, uh, the ghost uh, Mm -hmm. uh, hunter. um, uh, He used to take people on the Richard Crow, uh, Crow ghost tours. And um, he would always come on uh, Eddie Schwartz's show, and then after Eddie Schwartz, uh, Steve and Johnny's show, and then after Steve and Johnny, my show. He was like a late-night staple, where around mm-hmm. Halloween, Halloween, we would always have Richard Crow on every year. Uh, and that continues. His, his ghost tours continue. And one of them is like the spot where the Eastland overturned, because yeah. it's supposed to be very yeah. haunted. So that's cool. When we get into the, you know, when we get close to October and we start doing scary shit, uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some of those ghost people on to talk about that creepy shit. Spooky. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking of which, I, I've started to officially on the podcast plug our uh, our event, 
um, at the Flashback uh, Horror Convention. Yeah, that's it'll exciting because I've it'll never be been your to first the time. It'll be so fun. Yeah. You'll get to meet. You'll get to meet Robert England, Esmeralda. Oh my gosh! I don't know if that's exciting oh. for you. But I don't know if that's exciting. My childhood, for you. my yeah. childhood self is gonna freak out and run He's away. A, and by the way, cool dude. Very, very cool, dude. This is, I think, yeah, I the, would, I would hope. This is, this is, I think, maybe the ninth <laughs> or tenth time he's been at Flashback. He's one of the nice. best guests, and he's amazing. Um, and so we're going to be on stage. I don't know exactly what uh, what, what day and time yet. It's probably going to be on the Saturday. Yeah. It's August fifth through the seventh, um, and uh, we will be hosting. You and I will be hosting a uh, a live recording of the podcast, and I expect everybody, all the Nick D fans, <laughs> yes. the podcast fans, to be out there. And um, so I don't know who's going to pop up on stage. Uh, you know, there's a there's a strong chance, Esmeralda, that like Svengoolie might stop by. Oh, and, I've never met Svengoolie. Well, you're going to. Well, that even if he doesn't stop by the podcast, you'll meet him that weekend because he's there. Yeah. Um, so you'll meet Rich and he's amazing. The very first guest on this podcast. Um, so anyway, yeah. Flashbackweekend.com. Get your tickets now. August 5th through the 7th. Hyatt Regency O'Hare. And uh, we'll be doing a live podcast from there, or a live recording of a podcast, which will mm-hmm. uh, actually be available uh, at Radio Misfits and everywhere the following Tuesday. So, uh, so that, there you go. Um, so then right. you have to be there live to be a part of it live. And we are going to we're <laughs> going to have some guests pop in on stage with us, and I'm going to set up a microphone. Uh, I'm not the sound guy. Is going to set up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to. You don't want me to set up anything. Um, my main man, Sean, by the way, Sean McDougal, who's amazing. He does mm-hmm. sound, he's the audio video guy. And then there's Don Johnston, by the way, as you'll get to meet Don Johnston, uh, Don, Don Johnston. Does he Johnston. wear t-shirts and no, no, he's the mayor. Ah, come on. He's the mayor of Rosemont as we call it. Oh. Um, because he is the guy who's basically in charge of everything that happens in those ballrooms, be it a screening, a contest, a musical event, a, a mm-hmm. Q and a, uh, a live, you know, podcast thing. Don is the guy. He's the guy running around the venue, running around the hotel, getting things going. He is the man. He's the mayor, and he nice. works. He works conventions, you know, because you know the convention center is right there, and right. all yeah. the hotels that are there, like when they have conventions and they need audio, video, they need any kind of like uh, help in that department. He's the mayor, so you'll meet Don. He's one of my favorite people in the world, Esmeralda, and. Literally, the highlight of my weekend, besides you know, like hanging out with all the all the all the all the folks and you know, mm-hmm. rich and the celebrities and stuff. But the highlight every year is getting to hang out the whole weekend and watch Don Johnston, the mayor, run his ass off, making everything sound and look good. <laughs> He's amazing. You'll yeah. love him. You'll love him, Esmeralda. He's a character. You'll you're love just him. sitting somewhere and you're like, "Good job, hey mayor!" <laughs> Look, he comes in, people applaud, mayor, and you when you start playing, keep so. running. Yep. He's the man. You'll you'll meet him too, so it's going to be fun. All right, uh, well, let's uh, let's move on uh, to to high school uh, 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 friends, celebrities that mm-hmm. were high school. Do you uh, do you do you have any uh, any friends that you went to high school with that became uh, like famous or anything? Um, I mean, besides I you, you I don't, besides you, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone. Um, so I don't know anyone intimately. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Adrian, I forget her name, her last name, but she, Adrian, she won the first season of America's Next Top Model, and then she married. Oh, the Adrian, uh, uh, yeah, Adrian <laughs> uh, Cody? No, C- 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 it's, it's with a C. Uh, oh, Curry. Curry, that's it. 
Yeah, um, Adrian Curry. Adrian Curry. She so she married a Brady. Right. I, I used to. I watched that. <laughs> I, I I watched that real surreal world that they were in. Yes. Or the surreal life. I watched that. Um and uh, and I watched the offshoot. I married a Brady. And I knew yes. I know exactly who she is. Yes, that's right. I forgot. And and she was yeah, was she, she in, was she in your class? Knight. She was she was a year older. Okay. She was one year over. And I remember seeing her, and this was in junior high. I remember seeing her and just thinking, like, yeah, she's an eighth grader. <laughs> like yeah. I was in seventh and eighth. Like for some reason the eighth graders before me just seemed very adult. <laughs> yeah. And we seemed like little kids. We're like, hi. <laughs> um, um but yeah, Adrian Curry, uh, that's as close as it gets. Um, there's a couple of people that were in my class in high school that went on to to be actresses, and I know one of them. She's in, she was in um, True Blood, um, mm-hmm. and I think she comes from kind of a a not famous family, but her. So this actress and then her sister, I think, is a reporter in D.C. or was. Mm-hmm. And then one of her other sisters, I think, was like a Miss America. Like, yeah, they're. Wow. Wow. <laughs> J-Town bringing out the celebs. Yeah. And it was just like one family. Uh, uh, so in True Blood, the actress, her name is Janina Gavankar. Okay. So she she's gone on to do other stuff. And, so did she, all I of you remember friends- seeing her in True Blood. Did all of your friends from high school go on to get naked in front of the camera? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I was going to say because that seems well, to be Well, I didn't a tra- know her. I just remember like I oh, remember okay. all right. of her. You also went to you also went to college with my future ex-wife, the lovely Dana DeLorenzo. I did. Yeah. yeah. There's probably more famous people in college too, I'm sure. Yes, to I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. no. <laughs> um I did not I did not go to college with anybody famous. Um or I'm sorry, I didn't go to college because I really? quit college. Really? Because like uh, Columbia, you'd think someone no. would pop out. Yeah, but I was only there for a semester and a half. I don't count it. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm, I don't. Okay. So high school, uh, I went to Luther North, and um, nobody that I really went to high school with, nobody had ever gotten famous. Nobody got famous uh, at any in any regard. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, about 11 years ago, I was I received like a, a distinguished alumnus award. Mm-hmm. A, a plaque, oh, wow. and, they, and then we all had a dinner. <laughs> a whole bunch of us from different classes, you know, we were given a distinguished alumnus award, and, it, and I always found it very ironic. And they also, like years before that, a couple of years before that, they asked me to speak at a at a graduation, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, "Do you guys remember that I graduated with a two and I led the class in detention?" I don't know. Do you remember that? <laughs> and all of that was forgiven because I had a radio show. You know what I mean? Because I was well, on yeah, WGN. Yeah, they're like, it's fine. You, yeah, you exactly. Came out. Exactly. I was a really shitty student. with a, I graduated with a 2.0. I'm not exaggerating. I had it's a like 2.0. you're an example to all those 2.0 kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they were like, yeah, speak. And then they gave me this Distinguished Alumni Award, which was really lovely, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, before the – now the school has closed, but before – Oh. Uh, before, the, before it closed – uh, for a few years, when you first walked in, right, the opening, when you walk into the, the to the big lobby every morning when I would walk in there to school, there's this big wall with like a, because it was Luther North, so there was like, you know, Christs all over the place and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> crucifixes and shit all over the place. Well, on the big wall that you walk in, they made that the wall of, you know, the wall of distinguished alumni. And mm. there was like, there was my picture. It was my, my, 
yearbook picture from 1983. I'd rather not that be the one, but uh, <laughs> but it was me up on the wall with a whole bunch of other people. And uh, I will say that I was the inaugural. I was the f- I was of the first class of people that were brought back. Oh, and I, I and you know you. I, I brought my parents. They were all you know like oh my god they were so proud. I was like I have no idea why they're doing this for me. Like I was the shittiest student you know, in the world, and yet, you know, eh, you get on the radio, and suddenly it's like, yeah, all that's forgiven. Come back and speak. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So, anyway. the for money. The, yeah, always. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding? That's why the place closed down. It's now like a naval academy. Because you didn't give them enough money now? Because I personally didn't give them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's now a naval academy, and I don't know the mm. name of it. Um, but, I mean, it's a whole – I mean, there was, you know, was no, there wasn't a pool, but there was a big gymnasium and a football field and all that. I mean, it's a high school, you know. And so to oh, let wow. all that – they didn't let it all go to waste for a while. Now it's a Naval Academy. So – but anyway, um, I, I did – I know this, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the people who wasn't there, who was inaugurated, you know, who was a, 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 amongst the first, you know, as the distinguished alumni, was famous Dave – the barbecue the sauce? The barbecue guy? Yeah. Maybe I'm getting that oh. wrong. But look him up. Could you look him up? Because uh, uh, I'm you, thinking. Um, did you go, were you in the same year? Oh, no, 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 no. He was much older than me. Uh, oh, but Because okay. we were, it was like, it wasn't just specifically from my class of 83. Because there were three of us from our class. Like Paul and John. Another uh, John, who was a successful politician. And Paul, who was a badass lawyer. Uh, and has and has mm-hmm. and has done a lot of really cool things for like his community and stuff, and so they were brought in much more deservedly so than me. You know what I mean? Like this here, John John Harrison, who is a, <laughs> a successful politician who has you know done things for his community and his and and you know the people that elected him, and Paul, who is this incredibly great lawyer who helped you know who represented a lot of you know underprivileged people, did a lot of really great work, and then some Jagoff who talked on the radio for you know a few hours a night. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just felt like God, why are they giving me you know? Well, but anyway, he but was f- born here in Chicago. That's him. Famous Dave. He went to Luther. Yeah. So he's so, David W. Anderson. That's him. So he was he actually inaug- was uh he was he was in government. Okay. He was the assistant he's the former assistant sec- secretary of the interior for Indian affairs in the George W. Bush administration. Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. I think I knew that. <laughs> and maybe they said that the night, I, they, I'm sure they said that the night of the presentation. Because yeah. I think either that per, the person who was there, or if they've passed away or they're not there anymore, they had somebody represent them to pick up the award and make a little speech. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so they did, and every, you know, and, and everybody had like their bios read. Like, you know, the, you know, the person who read mine, the teacher who read mine or whatever, skipped over all the stuff about me being a shitty student 2.0 and, you know, having <laughs> having detentions out the ass and just talked about my, you know, the stuff that I had accomplished at GN and in my radio career yeah. and in my and my film critic uh, career. Uh, didn't bother to say, yes, teachers hated him and he was a smart ass and he was a class clown. He didn't pay attention. <laughs> None of that stuff was brought up. But yeah, so that was famous. Famous Dave. Uh, I went. To, I, I went to the same school, not the same class or anything, but we went to the same school. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. All right, are you ready for some? Let's go through a few of these because we're not going to have time to do all of them because these are fun. Yeah. The first well, what's one. What's funny here, is one of them is you're you're intimately you have intimate yeah. knowledge of this one. Um, well, let's do that one first. Then <laughs> it's uh, Cusack and Piven, John Cusack and Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that they went to high school together. They did. Yes. I just they thought did. they were, you know, because of acting and such. No, no, they went to Evanston High School together, um, and. Uh, they acted together. Uh, 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 Jeremy's father and mother 
um, uh, Burn Piven, who was his father. I'm Burn Piven. Yeah. Burn Piven. <laughs> he uh, started. They started the Piven Theater Company, which uh, had a youth program, and that's when you know John was brought into acting through that, and that's how they both mm. started acting. So they've known oh. each other. They've known each other since they were kids. They've since haven't spoken to each other in years. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. According to even this thing, they sadly drifted apart. Yeah, they, <laughs> their drifted careers apart went in different into directions. Their, into their into both of their own exclusive jagoffivity. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, no, I knew them for a, a period of time. I hung out with both of those guys a lot. Piven a lot more than Cusack. Uh, but but I knew John oh, wow. and spent a significant amount of time at their in their loft uh, apartment right down the street from the original O'Rourke's in um, in Old Town. We used to drink at O'Rourke's and then I would, there hmm. have been nights, there are nights when I would crash on the couch at John Cusack and Jeremy Piven's Look at uh, you. Because I was kind of too... Too drunk to go Jeez. home. So, um, uh. yeah. No, but I knew John and Jeremy. I knew John uh, from around 88 to around 91. So for about three mm-hmm. years solid, I hung out with John and Jeremy on a regular basis. So, yeah, and they oh, were buddies wow. all the way back to childhood, not just high school, but all the way. They grew up together. Oh, was, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Those are always so funny, like, to think, like, even, you know, just nobodies and such right. that, like, you used to hang out with. Like I will, I, I will say this. Like every day, you'd yep. always see each other, or, yep. or whatever. Like every other day, and then it just kind of. Poof. That's yeah. It's such no, an it, it ends. Thing how it like, is weird. It is weird. Come and go. It is weird because uh, I've told you this before. I ended up going to Luther North because my 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 mom and dad didn't want me to go to Lane Lakeview or Shures, which was where all of my buddies were going to because I started to hang out with a bunch of pothead burnout drunks. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, no. So they they wanted to give me a clean slate. So that's why I ended up at Luther North with nobody I went to grade school with. Yeah. So essentially, everybody in my neighborhood and everybody in my grade school, I never spoke to again. Never really saw them again. Except years later when I would be serving drinks, or I would be bartending in the neighborhood and they would come in and they were alcoholics on their third wives. That would be the only Yikes. time <laughs> I would ever see them. But yeah. All right, how about this one? This is this one's very similar to uh, to Cusack and Piven, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. We all know that, and we all know how you <laughs> feel about about both of the. I, do, you, do you do you dislike Damon as well? Because I know you hate the Affleck. <sighs> I mean, I don't, I don't despise him as much as Affleck. Mm-hmm. Actually, I feel like I don't know. They're just like eh to me. Yeah. Well, like I mean, I they've no, they, for them. they grew up together in Boston. They went to high school together in Boston, obviously. And it's a, it's a, it's a fairy book, you know, a fairy tale story. They end up winning the Oscar for writing a, their first script together and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a fairy tale story. Um, but it's interesting because they're still really good buddies, unlike John and Jeremy, who are no longer. <laughs> right. No, and have never written anything together. John, I can't tell you the number. I will say this about Cusack. John never forgot. Uh, like his small storefront sort of theater background and acting background before mm-hmm. he became famous. Because if you go back and you look at like, 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 you know, the scene in, in say anything where it's like bitches, man, where the scene where uh, they're outside the gas and sip. Mm. Uh, you've seen say anything, right? Mm. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the scene where they're outside <laughs> the gas and sip and, and he's like, why are you standing sitting around here with no girls anywhere? But choice, Lloyd. You know that whole thing? Yeah. yeah. All those guys, except for the youngest dude, those are all friends of John's. He got them cast. Jeremy's in that scene. Um, 
And if you look at the grifters, there's a scene in the grifters where he grifts these sailors out of their money. He plays poker with them and rips them off because he's a con man. Mm-hmm. Every one of those guys, friends with John, who was in his theater company. Um, See, that's always good. Oh uh, yeah, and P- Piven you know, is if you, Piven, got, if you got a chance to do that, then yeah, yeah. No, no, he it's brought a lot good. of his friends with him. I'll tell you that, man. Early in John's career, he brought a lot of his friends. And if you look at Piven, if you look at Piven's credits, the first like seven movies that he was in were all Cusack vehicles that he got the part because of John. Mm-hmm. But, like he's in Better Off Dead. He's in One Crazy. What, like... He's in One Crazy Summer. He's in all of those early uh, John movies. Isn't that also kind of like what Damon and Affleck would yes. do? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Casey Affleck is Ben, be ben Affleck's. Ben Affleck's, be movies, yeah. ben Affleck's brother, he brought Casey along. Now, Casey's won an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, is accused of sexual mis- misdoings. Um, <sighs> and um, But, like, all those guys, those Boston contingent guys, a lot of those guys ended up in uh, uh, the Smart Guy with the Mop movie. Um, hunting, Goodwill uh, Hunting. Good, hunting. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Smart Guy with the Mop movie. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, now, this one I didn't know, Esmeralda. Let's go to number 17. I didn't know. And for some reason, I, I, should I have known this? And because of this, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, no. I shouldn't have known this. No, I don't know. Okay. Well, tell it. Because I didn't know. Tell it. Well, if you didn't know, then shit. There's no way I'm going to know. <laughs> if, by the way, if it's, hip, if it's hip-hop related and I don't know it and you don't know it, then, then something's wrong. Because I think we got that covered. Like, if if if, if it's hip hop related between 1988 and 1993, I got it covered. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then from '93 on, it's all you. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's barely. That's barely. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Jay Z and Busta Rhymes went to high school together. I didn't know that. And they had a rap battle in the lunchroom. I love that. Isn't that all? Aw- man, if somebody had a phone back then. If right? only, you know what I mean? If to only see phones existed like that. A, a teenage Jay-Z and a teenage Busta Rhymes do a rap battle in a high school lunchroom? Man. I got to go. I'm sorry. I got to go with Busta on that. I, I, I would be in Busta. I would be, I would be in Busta's camp. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jay-Z won. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, okay, let's do one more here. And this one we knew about, or at least I did, number 16. Did you, you knew about this, right? I did, yeah. yes. Naomi, Naomi Watson and Nicole Kidman. Uh, they're both Australian. They met at North Sydney's Girls High School back in their home country, and Watts dated Kidman's brother for a short while. Ooh. All right. Mm. I mean, I knew they were friends. I just yeah. assumed it was because they were Australian. <laughs> well because they're like you know in hollywood and whatever right. so then they're just like oh we're both australian like they kind of they kind of hang out took it's like, that oh, gotta... and then they just I'm sorry. formed a relationship i can't do that uh, friday i gotta meet with russell crowe and hugh jackman we're all uh, just gonna <laughs> i mean i assume like they kind of all gather together because they're right. just like well we're not from here and yeah. like we me know and, me and mel gibson oh and by the way one of my heroes <laughs> one of my heroes maybe uh you know uh of all time george miller he could help out too uh, there direct, you go. He, he could direct them. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there you go. All right. Well, listen, I want to save some of these and, uh, because I, I want to taste this. I really want to taste the Lucas uh, Salsaghetti. Yes. So we'll save. Well, we got uh, I, we have many more high realize, school buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize at the bottom it tells you exactly what it is. So it is a watermelon flavored hot candy 
water watermelon flavored hot candy strips and tamarind flavored sauce. Oh, there's a so- oh I, I just opened it up. There's a sauce. Oh, there is a sauce. Yeah. Oh, like a real. I just thought like yeah. No, no, no. There's in. a pat. There's a like a like is there a, a little ketchup, fork. There's like a, a ketchup packet type oh, thing. Interesting. Ooh, I'm into this one. Okay, let's get the. All right, let's open up the ketchup packet and squirt that out. Oh, so the packet is something separate. Like this is a yeah, candy dip, too. I think you dip the ketchup. You dip the the spaghetti in the in the sauce. Okay, now I gotta open this. I opened up the sauce. I squirted it out into my into my tray, into my plastic tray. Okay. By the way, this is very sticky, very sticky. Mm. Just be aware. Oh, and I just got it all over my shirt. Yeah, no, it's very sticky. I got it on my fucking phone. Oh my gosh, now. it's very sour. Oh god. Okay, hold on. It's not that sour. It's not that sour. All right. Oh, hold okay. on. Let me let Let's me see. see. So I'm gonna take some spaghetti, and they come in I strings. I think I'm gonna just. And I'm gonna oh, dip geez. it. Oh jeez. I'm gonna I dip just it. it on my computer. No, no, I got it on my phone. This has not been good. Here, I'm gonna sue that goddamn duck right now. Okay, are we ready? I'm dipping it into the salsa getty, and it's very sticky and very, very gooey, into okay. the tamarind sauce. All right, here we go. So I've already tasted the sauce because I had to wipe it off my shirt and my computer. And oh it's my sour. god. Hmm. Ooh. But with the sweet, it should be good. Oh, it's good. Oh, man. Mm. Mm. Holy shit, that's good. Man. Okay. Um, yeah. I can't. Like I can't. Someone, I can't like do knows the, how to make candy, man. Oh, my God. That's the best thing we've had, as far as I'm concerned. With the sauce. With the. Mm. Oh, this is the best thing we've had. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's good. I can't do the plugs. I'm too busy. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm all about this shit. Holy cow. I'm going to this the Lucas. Delicious. I'm it's unbelievable. The salsa getty, the squinkles salsa getty with the tamarind sauce. Man, that's good. I, I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm ordering shit from Lucas as soon as we're done here. Let me you finish gotta, up. Um, yeah. I mean Get you gotta powder. go to the Mexican supermarkets. Okay. Ooh, or even better, you go to the Mexican candy stores, um, where you can also buy a pinata. Um, <laughs> but um, they have so many candies that are just very similar to this. Yeah, man, that's, that's like good. a sweet, or it's like a fruit, like a dried fruit with stuff. Or yeah. It's, I, yeah. I've had I've had similar There's stuff so to this because I I lived um, right near Lawrence and Kimball, and I would go mm-hmm. to uh, I would go to the Mexican uh, grocery mm-hmm. store within walking distance, right on Lawrence there in St. Louis. Um, mm. And I go there, and they had stuff like that, and I would bring it home. But this is delicious. This is the this is the best thing we've ha- we've tasted, as far as I'm concerned. It's the best thing we've tasted. Mm-hmm. It's delicious, man. Oh man, I'm gonna dress like a duck now. All right, <laughs> uh, all right. Listen, let me get with these cool in. sunglasses. Be, with cool sunglasses, be a part of the Nick D podcast. Share your voices and your voicemails and your thoughts. Hey, have you ever had Lucas Squinkles salsa getty? Because it's delicious. Let us know. Voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate and review us on every platform, radiomisfits.com. Please take the time to let us know what you think. And be a sponsor. You can advertise with us. Lots of people listen to this podcast, and it will be good. People will come, Ray. Uh, so be a sponsor. Advertise with us. Contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com, sales at radiomisfits.com. Uh, the next time we talk, Esmeralda, you will be off. Uh, it coincides with the 4th of July, so it'll be a holiday. 
Oh, um, there you go. The, the podcast will actually drop on the 5th of July, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a For the People podcast. So Tom Appel, our car Ooh. guy, and Herb Weisbaum, our consumer guy, will be uh, next for our next episode, which is For the People. And that is uh, coming up on uh, Tuesday. All right, Esmeralda, thanks. Uh, have a great weekend, and I'm going to go eat more of this, uh, this fantastic <laughs> salsa getty with the uh, tamarind sauce. Man, that's good. So, okay. All right, Esmeralda, thanks. Thank you. And everybody else, thank you very much. And we'll uh, see you next time on the Nick D Podcast, Radio Misfits Podcast Network.